He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, November 11, 2022. Happy Friday to you. I hope you have a big weekend in store. I hope it's the weekend that you do exactly what you want to do. I hope that you surround yourself with who, dude? Who should we surround ourselves with? People that make us feel most like ourselves. Or they facilitate, channel, permit, allow us to be ourselves and they accept us exactly as we are. That doesn't mean be a slovenly jerk off. It means be with people who give you the freedom to be yourself, respect that freedom that they give you, and be a goddamn good person, happy, content, and most of all, secure, because you're living the way you want to, because you're surrounded by people who enable you to live the way you want to, okay? Do not hang out with people that are uh, dragging you down. Do not hang out with people who unconsciously allow you to feel good about yourself because they're in a worse position than you are. Hang out with people who are doing and behaving and living like you want to live. Let them inspire you, not let them hold you back. All right, see, that's the self-help part of the podcast right up top. I believe all that shit. I want you to enact it this week, this weekend. And I want you to have a great goddamn weekend. If you're in Atlanta and uh, want to see me come to a, a clever pop-up comedy show tonight, this is the uh, huge brand, Don't Tell Comedy. Uh, this is the Atlanta branch. Don't Tell Comedy is uh, a national, maybe Los Angeles-based, national comedy platform meant to do stand-up comedy shows in, I suppose, pop-up locations don't tell. That even, I think, was the logo at one point, or the, the branding was a, uh, a set of lips and a finger saying, shh, hush, there's going to be stand-up comedy, and it's going to be just like silence, like you're performing in a library, which is exactly what it was like a couple weeks ago when I performed in that distillery, and everyone was too smashed. And they looked like they were on the other side of a TV screen, confused at every goddamn word I said. Shh, don't tell. Well, I've done Don't Tell Comedy once before, and it was a, a barn burner of a show. So the crowds, I think, are very excited because, ooh, they're not going to tell us where the show is until maybe the 11th hour, the last minute, as it were. They're not going to tell us until the very end where the show is. We're all excited and anxious and have our six-packs ready to go. So that when the comics come out, they're so excited and they're warm, hot. Like I said, the crowd that I performed Don't Tell Comedy for a couple years ago was red hot. And uh, hopefully it'll be like that tonight. Because uh, a red hot crowd is kind of just like cheating. <laughs> it's, like, it's like being around those people I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. People who make you feel good about yourself except a hot crowd makes you feel good about yourself in an insincere way. And sometimes you like that. Sometimes you just want someone to whisper in your ear, hey, you're pretty, you look great in those jeans, I got you. Even though none of that is true, including the I got you part, they just mean I got you during your set. So I'm doing this show tonight. Shh, don't tell. Shh, don't tell anyone I'm doing this show. 
It's called Don't Tell Comedy. But I'm going to tell you where it is because why not? <laughs> you want to come see me? Come over there. It's uh, at a place called... I mean, how much hipster... How much more hipster can we get than a... Shh, it's a secret. I can't tell... That's naughty if I told you. I'd be a naughty, naughty little boy and you'd be a bad little girl if I told you. Shh. How much more hipster can you get than a pop-up comedy show held in something called a... <laughs> a meadery. <laughs> a M-E-A-D-E-R-Y. Me, like mead the... All I can say is it's something you associate, I suppose, with like... Middle English literature. I don't know. Shakespeare is Old English. Then there's Middle English. Oh, my God. Have you ever tried to read the Canterbury Tales? Which are tight. But have you ever tried to read them in Middle English? No, dude. Because we're not doped like you. Well, I tried to do it one time. And it was very challenging. I was such a tweaker, though, that I went to the library at San Diego State... And this was a different time, to say the least. I went to the library at San Diego State, but it might not matter. It might, you might have to do it now to understand what the fuck Chaucer was talking about when he wrote the Canterbury Tales in Middle English. That yif don vok dong jiang was not the English that I grew up listening to. <laughs> so I had to go to the San Diego State Library and check out... This is what I did to try to internalize that information and have it make sense in my brain. I had to check out the vinyl recordings of some English person reading the Canterbury Tales. And I'd have to go into the library. I, this is, you know how old people say, you enjoy it while you're young. There was a time in my life where I could spend two hours in a fucking library. What a luxury that would be right now. They've taken it all away from me, this goddamn child. <laughs> I love my life. I'm just saying, there's not a lot of bandwidth for me just to fuck off and go into a library and be like, hey, I'm going to be back in a few hours. I'm going to check out the vinyl, all eight sides of it, of the Canterbury Tales, and listen to this person reading them in English, Middle English while I am reading in Middle English, trying to process in a dichotic sense. I'm trying to read and listen at the same time to have these have the experience of what Chaucer was trying to lay down. <laughs> when Chaucer, remember when Chaucer dropped the Canterbury Tales? I was trying to internalize it. Anyway, that's where I associate mead from. Is What is mead? A honey wine? Just them grogging in the cold marshlands of Middle England, I suppose. Anyway, there is something now as, as all... We have axe throwing. Hipsters have axe throwing, so why not have a meadery? And I'm, I'm born to lose in this situation because I'm going to be like, do you just have a Bud Light? <laughs> no, but we have the fucking Hamlet Hop or we have, you know, uh, William Congreve's corn-starched beer. Fuck. Okay, well, that's fine. But what about just something that tastes like Stella Artois? Something that doesn't have much taste. I'm performing stand-up. Shh, comedy. Shh, hush. I'd said naughty. We're all naughty doing stand-up comedy in here. Shh. Don't you feel bad? I'm not fucking around. I, well, I mean, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm happy to be doing the show. Thrilled that uh, the Don't Tell people reached out to my people and 
solicited my participation. And it's also, shh, it's also very naughty. It's so, I feel so, ooh. <laughs> Hope there are no adults around to see my pee-pee. I'm performing stand-up comedy, shh, don't tell, at a meadery. It's called Monk's Meadery. There's a meadery. I guess we are due for a recession. That's the sign that, you know what, everyone's been talking about this recession. This, the fact that a meadery exists confirms we are we should welcome a recession to wipe out businesses that are like uh, axe-throwing places. And meteries, dare I say. Not this one where I'm performing tonight. I wish them a long, healthy, professional, uh, profitable existence. Monks at Monks Meadery. The sound you hear in the background are windshield wipers and my uh, blinker turn signal. Because I am multitasking. I'm fully engaged in this podcast and you can just hear the energy and pace of it. The quality, I, I dare I say. Uh, but I also am at the same time get, trying to get gas. Because this is a sliver of time when I have to do that on this day. And uh, I'm hard-pressed to find a way into this gas station. Oh, you know what? This is the same gas station, by the way. I think on a previous podcast, I absolutely melted down because... Well, why? Because I'm me. But I melted down because of, yes, because of the advertising they they play on the uh, gas station pump. It's like, can I just hold my Johnson for two seconds and pump the gas? All right, I'm here, so give me just a, wow, ten minutes in. Give me just a second. You won't know the difference, and why do I always say that? Well, because it's unnatural to, to do what I'm doing. So I'll hold up. Shh, I just got gas. Yeah, if we, uh, what are we talking about here? If we are in a time in which, again, (laughs) if we're doing throwbacks where we need a metery, it probably is time for a recession to wipe out some of these businesses. Thank you very much. My name is The Fountainhead. I'm doing stand-up comedy at this metery tonight, and it is on North Highland Avenue. It's actually literally right across the street from the parking lot I mentioned on a previous podcast, maybe last week, where someone was fatally shot when he said, hey, would you stop breaking into those cars? And the car breaker in her said, you know what? I'm going to take your life for saying that. And that's what happened. And it's literally right across the street from that parking lot. Is it a dangerous neighborhood? It was on that night. As most neighborhoods in Atlanta can be on any given night, some more than others, obviously. But that's where it's going to be. It's right across from Manuel's Tavern. And it's, I believe, housed in what is or was a building that used to be home to Java Vino. And I point that out because Java Vino used to have a stand-up comedy mic that I went to when I was first coming to the Atlanta comedy scene. It's where I met Will Copeland, who I like quite a bit. Uh, but I also met a lot of people who were uh, terrifically unfunny, but uh, of greater offense, they were dicks. It was uh, it represented to me, not Will, because Will was always nice and sweet to me, uh, but it represented a very cliquishness, a very cliquish... Um, 
bully we bully through our exclusion kind of comedy scene bullshit that I don't know how much I don't think it exists a whole lot anymore in Atlanta comedy which I'm grateful for a lot of just those those types of people who uh, wanted other people to not feel like they were part of... And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all sorts of people. They just kind of went away because they were not stand-up comics, I don't think, to begin with. I don't know. Fuck them. Wish them well, all that. But I'm going to be in Java Vino, and if my set goes sideways once tonight in the metery, I'm going to point out that bombing in this space is nothing new because there used to be an open mic upstairs and I did it countlessly countless times that I bomb at that mic upstairs though I do have one positive memory of that Java Vina open mic in which I have a joke that is is probably one of my more uh, associated bits with me about a night on Ponce beer and I tried it as a one-liner there and it got all those uh, sullen people to actually laugh like I'm onto something with this bit and then wrote, you know, three minutes around it. So I'm the greatest fucking comic ever. Looking forward to doing this show tonight. The crowd should be really hot. By the way, if you are a comic in Atlanta, and and, and this is really only for comics in Atlanta, but if, if you're a comic elsewhere who, uh, you know, has a question about me, and I'm not saying, like, come ask me questions. I'm saying if you've heard something about me, and I'm making allusions a, am I right? Is that A-L-L-U? If you heard me have a dispute or disagreement with someone, or you heard something about something, and, and there's kind of like a something, something, I don't want to go into to detail about it. And you have question about it, come and talk to me. If not, <laughs> as Biggie would say, make my name taste like ass when you speak it. If you're curious about something, about, hey, what happened with that thing? Come ask me. I'll give you my perspective, and you might say, you know what? You're wrong, or you fucked up, or whatever. Or you might say, damn, that's not what I heard at all. I'm just saying, you're grown. And more important, I'm grown. So if you have something to say, some curiosity, I'm highly visible. You can find me all over the city all the time. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? And I want to. I want you to approach me and say, hey, what happened with that thing, or whatever? to put you at ease, okay? I know what happened, all right? I'm just saying. You can approach me and ask me, and I'll tell you what happened. The rest of you are like, holy shit, what happened? Did he pull his dick out? No, not at all. But there might have been a kerfuffle involving someone else, and someone might have gotten their feelings hurt, and, uh, you know, it might have been a, a thing that people are murmuring and whispering about. And I just want to say I'm right here, so come and fucking ask me about it, okay? That's what that's what I would. Uh, you know what? That's 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 what you deserve. You deserve the straight from the asshole's mouth. I will tell you, straight from the asshole's asshole. Anyway, uh, come to the metery tonight. I do not. Uh, I do not. You've heard me say before. I, I just Kanye West is not on my radar. I mean, I, I hear people talk about Kanye West because I do stand-up comedy and comics talk about current events. I have no context with which to really process Kanye. Like I've said before on the podcast, I was too old when he broke to uh, be like, oh, who's coming out? And he used to be a producer for Jay-Z. Like, I, 
I just didn't, I was, my, uh, my appetites had shifted, I suppose, in, in my life. So I wasn't, uh, I understand he has a tremendous cultural impact, but for me, for me, it does not, uh, does not really register. So the fact that he has done a whole bunch of anti-Semitic shit just seems like anybody else who's anti-Semitic. What did the Jews do to you? And I say this kind of selfishly because I can't even make an offhanded Jew joke because everybody is on the Jews' backs right now. And this is what's so dumb about... This is selfishly how bigotry and prejudice impact me. If people are being assholes to Jewish people, people are being assholes to trans people on a really broad stage, then as a comic, it makes it even more challenging and uh, potentially misunderstanding for your audience if you make jokes in those areas. And it's like, fuck, obviously, this is not really a serious impact on my life. I don't know. I'll tell you what, though. I, I should back up and say... If a black person tells me about a conspiracy, I'm going to hear them out because there have been conspiracies to eradicate black people. And I know there have been what, conspiracy have to be hidden to eradicate Jewish people. I'm not learned enough to know, um, you know, historical beefs with black people and Jewish people. I don't know that story. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Kanye is talking about. Similarly, I do not know what the basketball player Kyrie Irving is talking about, but I know he's been in the shit lately. Anti-Semitism, always enjoyable for bigots and the uninformed, I suppose, uh, seems to really be on the rise now. I see the billboards in Atlanta stating as much. Uh, Not just the billboards that are like, the NFL allows to be broadcast on its stadiums. Kanye was right. Come on. Um, but billboards from, like, the Anti-Defamation League and uh, Jewish organizations saying, oh, really, anti-Semitism's gone? Then why are people saying anti-Semitic shit to my kid at school? This is, this, this is us, right? This is us across time, by the way. I'm not saying this is just us in 2022. Here's, the point is this. It's not about my selfish need to do comedy. Talking about Jewish people or trans people or whatever it is from a position of no one has ever discriminated against me and I'm not going to be that Irish dude who said, oh, when we showed up, they put no Irish need apply. Yeah, I know, it's a little bit fucking different. But Kyrie Irving, apparently the basketball player, is in the shit because he tweeted some reference to some anti-Semitic movie or something and I just saw yesterday up saying, you know, Jews run meteor whatever and I saw just yesterday that LeBron James who I have like the utmost respect for and he, he's he he came out and said you know Kyrie is a good guy Kyrie has apologized I think he, the gist of what I got was he said Kyrie apologized Kyrie is a good guy and he is not at all how he is being portrayed and I was thinking, well, it sounds like <laughs> he is, uh, he's in the media being portrayed by the Jews. So therefore, 
LeBron is saying, <laughs> choose Kyrie. This is what I mean. You can't. You can say whatever you want, dude. The audience is the is the barometer. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I. But again, if a black person says that there's here's this thing, I'm gonna listen because there has been the thing historically. If a white person tells me there's conspiracy to steal an election, uh, you know, isn't that the whole fucking point of politics, dude? Isn't that why we? Isn't that why we gerrymander? Which just sounds like a racist word, doesn't it? Jerry, I'm gonna fucking gerrymander this guy. Isn't that why you, you know, draw lines so only certain people can vote for certain people? Isn't that the whole fucking conspiracy? So, if you happen to rig the voting machines, good on you, no? The elections did pass, by the way, and apparently uh, the United States survived. I don't know uh, what to make of it, really. I know that uh, a lot of the fucking lunatics that has be- have become normalized, right? Let's just listen to this person. They're going to tell us about, you know, a, Uf- a UFO that fucking parked in their driveway. And, you know, everyone's a pedophile who's a Democrat. Apparently, a lot of these crackpots did not win. And that's what they are. They're crackpots. It's not like, well, this person went to college, and then this person over here uh, believes that dragon people live in the sewers and, you know, came to life in a Stephen King book, and that's how Joe Biden got in the White House. We give, in this country, we're giving, like, those sides equal voice. That's insane. So anyway, I guess a lot of those fucking lunatics did not get elected, and apparently it was uh, the results of the midterm election did not... uh, Look at this. There is a procession going down the road. Police officer, motorcycle, police officer, motorcycle, SUV, 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 police officer on motorcycle. Who can it be now? Somebody. Who can it be? Who's in Atlanta? Is that the mayor? Does Andre Dickens roll like that? I don't think so. He seems more like a man of the people. I, so apparently the crackpots, it was not a, it was not a big day for the crackpots, and it was not a big day for the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, who they pointed out to me, and I didn't really know this. He, he's like, over his last four elections. I don't really track such, such stuff. I mean, I know he lost the fucking big one. And even when he won and beat Hillary, he still lost by two or three million votes. So he didn't, the greatest number of people didn't choose him, just our dumbass electoral college. <laughs> anyway, democracy apparently survives in whatever capacity it, it exists in today. All right, you can tell I don't even really care because it's just lunacy. Here's what I wanted to explore for just a minute, and then I will let you go enjoy this wonderful Friday. These lunatics of a certain part of the population think that all Democrats are pedophiles, that there's this vast child uh, evil doing enterprise that is the Democrats, which is really just an excuse to dehumanize another, which has been done to the other groups of people previously mentioned on this podcast. If you can psychologically take another human being and get it into your head that they are not a human being, 
it enables you to lock them in cages at borders. It enables you to try to annihilate them. And that is what uh, some of these people who say that Democrats are these, uh, you know, these, this ring of pedophiles, which is just insane. But how can that be? How can only, what, what is the predictor? How can a, a political party predict your, your proclivity for child abuse? I'm listening. I'm waiting. Because, or am I like arguing with like uh, an insane person? That's what you're doing. You're arguing with an insane person. Well, I have a bit that I'm trying to think about here. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to get my act together just a little bit. All Republicans, some Republicans think that all Democrats are pedophiles. But pedophilia in this country comes from religion, right? Yes, it does. And religion is historically conservative. I don't know. How can you say that? All right, this, this is a Friday. This is not what I want to talk about. I've decided full stop. I don't want to talk about this anymore. That's not what I want to talk about on a Friday afternoon. What I want to do, or Friday morning. Friday morning, Friday a.m. You know what I want to do is I want to let you enjoy your weekend. That's what I want to do. I just wanted to say hello on this Friday, tell you about, uh, shh, it's going to be very naughty. There's a comedy show. I just want to tell you about that, really. And uh, we'll be back with with full throat. I will be back full throat on Tuesday morning to tell you more about the contents inside my head. The key takeaways today are, have a great weekend, surround yourself with the good people, the people that make you feel, not the good people like on the right side of history people, people that make you feel most like yourself, okay? If it's neighbor who listens to the podcast, you know what? He seems like an accepting fellow. I've never felt like I needed to try to comport or gymnastic myself in front of him. He allows me to be exactly the way I want to be. Does my wife? She does, absolutely. My daughter, most of the time. <laughs> Other times, she's like, Dad, fuck off. Uh, very briefly, I went to uh, my daughter and I had, we had both had Thursday night off. So uh, last night, we went to, and my wife, my wife had dinner with the girls. Last night, my daughter and I and one of her friends and her dad went to Mexican food. We went to, uh, you know, just this place is so bulletproof. It, uh, you, you know, it's so kid proof. The kids can do anything they want, and this restaurant just does not miss a beat. It's, uh, it's amazing. So, the two, the two dads, and then the two girls, and then they, he also brought his uh, like nine month old. It's like in a, you know, carrier, young one. And we sit down, the girls are so fucking coked up because they haven't seen each other and, you know, it's been like four days or something. They're so excited, they're screaming, yelling. Everyone else in the restaurant, you know what, it's, it's one of those restaurants where you can't even, they, it's so good at absorbing the racket, says the parent who <laughs> is hoping that the kid's racket is being absorbed. It's, but it's like loud and music and people yelling and people in the bar 
that it's almost like the kids are almost not having a footprint until you look at our table and it's just an absolute disaster. And that's why you always, as a parent, I think, if you're someone who tips 10, if you're 10 bucks or whatever, I was going to say, not 10%, if you're someone who tips 20%, you should always tip maybe 2x that or at least one and a half times that if you're a parent because your kid is fucking destroying the place. At least that's what I do. That's that's how I like to do my thing. My part of the bill, I think, was $34 last night, and I tipped $10 because there's a lot of shit to clean up. I just want to tell you, though, the guy who is an engineer and he, 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 he probably does not play as fast and loose with his life as maybe I might with mine, uh, I really like him. He's just a straightforward, straightforward dude. He's got a little sense of humor. Uh, good audience, he's just a nice guy, smart. But the uh, the waiter said, "What what will you have to drink?" And and he said, "I'll have a whatever draft." And then the waiter said, um, "Okay, would you like a twelve ounce or would you like the the bigger one, <laughs> or like the ten ounce draft, or would you like the the granddaddy?" And it was so funny because I'm not looking at him. I'm sitting uh, to the side. But I hear him like, I just imagine in his head, he's like, I would like to have some beer tonight. I have two kids and this other kid here. And my wife, his wife was actually working. He's probably thinking, I'd like to have some beer. And I'm wondering, is he is he thinking like, this guy next to me, I don't want him to wonder like is that too much beer which i would never do i mean i would never highlight it on a podcast <laughs> uh but i was curious to see what he was going to do because and he kind of paused for a second maybe he was just thinking like how how much beer do i want how thirsty am i or how much of an escape am i looking to to uh, embark on well he said ah give me the, give me the large one <laughs> and kind of chuckled at it i was like all right i'll have a negra modello and i also will get the large just and I said I don't, I don't want you to have to drink a vat of beer on your own. I'll join, uh, and we both would be if we drank all of it, above the legal limit for driving, three, four, and nine-month-old children around. We if we drank the whole thing, and the beers were like thirty-three ounces. That's like four cans of beer. I didn't drink all of mine, but uh, when I took my daughter to the bathroom, I came back and noticed that, wow, his went from there all the way to zero. And that is why he is a good dad, because he knows what he needs to get him where he needs to be to be the best parent possible. (laughs) I didn't finish mine, but it was fucking delicious. All right, have a great weekend, and I will uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much for the reviews on Apple. I appreciate that. 15 underscore versus underscore 15. The latest review, much, much appreciated. And LNC, if you're out there, please just send a, uh, a signal to let us know you are uh, checked in. That's that's all I wanted to make sure is that you're checked in and that you know we are thinking of you. All right, have a great weekend, and I will talk to you all soon.